The Frequency 49 show is brought to you by the Niner Empire GB. Welcome to the Frequency 49 show. I'm Kat Victorino, and joining me today are Simon Holdsworth and Kim Sorensen. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening, evening, Kat. Well, how exciting is this? We get to discuss a win first off. How wonderful for us. Hooray. I love it. I love it. We really are excited. So the Niners were home to meet the Broncos in at Levi Stadium this past weekend with a final score of the Niners posting 20 points and the Broncos at 14. Nick Mullins went 20 for 33 with 332 yards, two touchdowns and an INT with a 102.1 passer rating. There we go. That's the passer rating I like seeing. So how about that first half, boys? In, in my opinion, it's been the best half for a long while particularly when it was it seemed that all three facets of the game were absolutely spot on defensively we swarmed to the ball it was absolutely fantastic to watch when it hasn't been great recently and also offensively obviously George Kittle will probably talk about in more depth but every single facet of the game was just it was like who the hell are these guys and what have they done with the 49ers it's almost like it took most of this season for stuff to kind of start to gel. Yeah. I mean, the the big plus that I've taken out of uh, Sunday's game is that the future looks bright. It really All does. All those people who kind of went, nah, we're not going to do anything. When you look at the starting roster, and again, we could probably touch on this a bit later, the defense was packed with young guys, young, hungry guys. I mean, Earl Thomas was rested. The the safeties were pretty new, um, and you know Elijah Lee and Fred Warner, who's Fred Warner's game intelligence for me is better than Reuben Foster's. So I think we've got we we all kind of went oh no when Reuben Foster had his indiscretion, and to be perfectly honest, I think we've got a better linebacker in. Fred Warner. Foster looked amazing at the, at the beginning of of last year. But um, well, he he showed uh, this year that he was a bit of a flash in the pan for whatever reason. He he never really seemed to to build on 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 what he showed last year. Well, and do you get the sense with you know we're so far into the season, and obviously we're not going to go anywhere after the final game at the end of the year. But you really get the sense that these players that are on the field now are going, I'm fighting for a job because I want this job, I believe in this system, and I want to be here next year. Yeah, absolutely. And and particularly, there's something wonderful about youthful exuberance, isn't there? When young guys come in and they don't necessarily have the pressure of being beat down you know, for the games that we've already been through this season. I mean, um, the two safeties were just out of this world, um, particularly in the second half when, you know, we, we, we kind of thought the comeback's going to happen. It seems yeah. pretty inevitable, inevitable that Denver are going to come back and, and win the game. And, 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 and Marcel Harris in particular was just a beast, you know. And, you know, he's he's been a pretty good at locating the ball, 
but missed a few tackles over the last couple of weeks. But he was absolutely on point on on Sunday, going down that final stretch. It was it was really really pleasing to watch. I, I really don't want to sound like a party pooper, but I I, I was. Uh... I have a, a a couple of friends from from work who are Broncos fans, and and they told me before the game they one of them particularly told me that they were sure that we were going to win because of the 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 the, the, the injury the injuries they they have had over the last couple of of weeks so. It was an, an an excellent game and a fantastic res- result, but kind of like uh, when we when we trashed the the Raiders, perhaps on a bit of a and a cheap uh, cheap background, um, they 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 have that uh, what is it uh, Philip Lindsay the the running back, but but other than that they really don't have a lot. On, on offense and um, well I, I think I have I've had the feeling that we are, are going in the right direction despite the from for most of the season the poor results and and um, and hopefully we've we're going I think we're going uh, to, to be in a better place uh, pretty soon. But um, I, I'm not completely sold on it on it yet. Well, the first half was definitely different than the second half. And I personally was a little disappointed in how well the Broncos were able to adjust to our defense because they knew that Salah wouldn't make adjustments in the second half because he figured, you know, the way I think is he figured it was working, we're going to keep going with it. And that's not what works in the NFL. You have to make those adjustments. So we did end up giving up 14 points at the end of the, towards the end of the game. And, you know, those, those mistakes are still killing us. Yeah, I think there's a lot to be said for how much the defense was on the field. I think where Denver really made the adjustments was in defense, on the defensive side of the ball, where they kind of, kept Kittle quiet um I don't know if anybody has seen the Kyle Shanahan mic'd up uh YouTube video from this week and as he's walking off the field at the final whistle he uh George Kittle comes and shakes him by the hand and he says man I'm so I'm so gutted that I didn't get you those five yards and I don't think they really realized that until it was too late for him to break the 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 tight end the all-time tight end receiving yards record uh, for a single game but they kept him quiet, and I don't think we really made the adjustments. We weren't as aggressive, certainly, on offense, and, you know, we had quite a lot of three and outs compared to the first half, when I think the majority of our drives, apart from that one where Kittle decided he was going to run like Forrest, they were all kind of seven-plus player drives, and, and, and we kept the, the Denver offense off the field as well. So, um, you know, with youngsters, there's youthful exuberance, but they're all more, also more likely to make slight errors when they're under duress and when they're tired from being on the field but um i thought when it came really came down to the crunch that they really they did kind of stand up again you know when it was when particularly when denver were on that sort of final drive before the knees that we're not going to discuss because we boxed <laughs> that up as well we're not uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can we can um, but yeah they i mean they particularly they, they 
the upsetting thing for me was the Denver fourth downs. They 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 did comp- I think they did uh, convert. I think it was five out of seven that they converted. But the, the the two that kind of really mattered, young players came up with big heads up players, which is what you want, isn't it? In clutch situations, you want the young guys to step up. So. They, I was pleased, and and yet I understand what you're saying, Kim. It was only kind of it was only Denver, and they didn't have Emmanuel Sanders. But they're a playoff contention team. It's one thing beating the Raiders, but you know we that first half we really put them to the sword. You know we made them look like the Raiders. I I, I won't take take that. It was yeah. I I was absolutely stunned. You couldn't tell that that Denver were were a playoff contending team by. By any means of imagination, um, that was that was kind of bizarre. But but regardless of the second half, we still won, <laughs> yay! And Kittle is definitely the star of the team. And I have promised everyone I will not buy a Kittle jersey until he retires. That is a good idea. Since I seem to have picked up Martin Hughes's uh, jinx, so oh really? Yeah. Well, let's think about it. I got a Jimmy G jersey for my birthday, and then he uh, went out. So yeah, um, it's your not fault, is it? okay. it's yeah. So so it's, so this this season's my fault this year. Last season was Martin's fault. So you know, we own it and we move on, right? Yeah, but, <laughs> but let, let let's not digress from the fact that he is at the moment, and it's easy to be biased, but. The stats don't lie. He is the best tight end in football at this moment in time, and is certainly the most athletic. I mean, it was interesting to see the um, the miracle in Miami, the last play where Kenyon Drake made Rob Gronkowski look like a fifty-five-year-old old man with you know with with hip replacement surgery <laughs> impending. You know, and then you look at George Kittle, and the guy can move. He is he's a great route runner. He can move, but he can block as well. It's you know. Considering where he came from, and I guess he kind of showed glimpses of it last season. What a find! What an absolute baller we have in George Kittle. It's um, and that looking at next season, guys, is is promising because he will free up the run game as well. So when we've got the Jet back and we've got Breda back and Jeff Wilson, who had a, another good solid outing, you know, offensively, all of a sudden, if we can pick up some players at, at wide receiver, because it looks like Garcon's played his last game for the Niners I think um, if we could pick up some, some good acquisitions in either free agency or, or, or in the draft then that offence you know the offensive line is doing pretty well we've got a good offence moving into next year yeah and then we shore up the defence and mm, we are talking the quest for six now on. I do have to say since we were playing the Broncos and, you know, I'm not a big fan of the Broncos. I, I have to point out some of these Kittle stats because he just, it, you want you almost want to say he owned the Broncos the first half. 311 of the Niners, total 389 yards came in the first half. Kittle was responsible for 210 yards. Yeah, he went off. I mean, that was incredible he's got 1100 yards over 1100 yards receiving for the season and he's he's smashed vernon davis's franchise record for receiving yards um in a season already um and he still has games to play vernon had 965 in a single season and kittle is certain sitting sitting at 1103 we've got three more games he's going to add to that 
he also had five receptions of at least 40 yards this season. No other tight end in the NFL has had more than two this season. Wow. The man is just, he's the man. He is the man. <laughs> he's just got game-breaking ability, which he, uh, in, in terms of length of the field, which you very, very rarely see from tight ends. I mean, I, I think we're quite lucky. I think we've had really the last two guys who've had receiver-type speed off the edge of the line of scrimmage, Vernon Davis, he was another one. And it just creates huge mismatches, doesn't it? It's brilliant. It's wonderful. <laughs> the the luck. I don't. I don't think we, we were lucky. They 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 were good finding him. He he, he had uh, excellent speed and and uh, athleticism. But uh, they the way he was used at uh, at Iowa, um, they they rarely rarely threw the ball to him. So that, I think that's why we were able to find him that late because he went under the radar. So. It was it was a good find by the scouts. Absolutely. And then on the other side of the ball, Eric Armstead has been the first to contact the ball carrier on 13.5% of his run defense snaps this year, ranking only second behind uh, Calais Campbell of the Jaguars. That's, that's really good because Calais Campbell is one of my favorite defensive players in the league. I, the guy's an absolute animal. And I think it's, it's, it's easy to judge defensive linemen purely and simply on sacks and pressures on the quarterback. But, you know, we mentioned it last week. Our run defense has been very, very, very good. We've limited a lot of top running backs to, to hardly any yardage. Yeah. So I guess Harry Carmstead is a big reason for that. You know, if that kind of, that kind of stat backs it up. So maybe everyone was saying, you know, is he going to be around? Are we going to let him go? If the players that if that player's that good against the run, you need him. You need run. Yeah, players. we definitely need to keep him and just add and build around him. Yeah, I mean, I think we've only allowed one 100 yard rusher this season, haven't we? Yeah. Was it Melvin Gordon? Yeah, and then look at some of these running backs he, that they held that the defenses hold held especially. Of course, looking at this list, I'm going uh, Lindsey, Barkley, Gurley, Johnson, Hunt, all under, well, Johnson ha in two games had 114 yards. So each game is under 100 yards rushing that the opposing running back is getting. So it's obvious to me that, you know, as much as we complained about the defense this year, it's the stupid mistakes that are killing us. It's not the lack of talent. No. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and the pass rush, I think, is... But then again, the pass rush was, was pretty good. I thought we got to Case Keenum quite well on Sunday. I thought we put him under a lot of pressure. Maybe it's the inconsistency. It's the inconsistency in that pass rush that is dragging yeah. the nets. Yeah. Know. I mean, it was it was interesting to see Robert Saller and how pumped he was on the touchline as well. <laughs> you had said was, something about that. Go, go, had, expand yeah. on that. He was bouncing around. It was like. I like this guy all of a sudden. He's showing something, you know. He's showing a bit of... It's kind of like... It was almost like all his frustrations had come out in one half of football. You know, everything that was perhaps building up on him. He was really letting it go, wasn't he? It was great. It was fun to watch, for sure. Well, it's always fun when they win. <laughs> go, I'm sorry, Kim. Go ahead. I was just going to say that... But uh, the... Yeah, we, we need some... some pass rushes because all the the pressure we, we we were really close to getting a few turnovers i i felt this this time as well but but we, we simply haven't haven't been able to to yeah collect on the turnover opportunities 
throughout the season. That that's seems to, must have cost at least two or three victories with all those bloody turnovers against us as well. Totally agree. I mean, we forced two fumbles, didn't we, on Sunday? One was a strip sack, and we just couldn't get on the ball. On the ball, it was like, well, at least we're forcing them now. Well, there's, I mean, you know, there's a positive to take away from it. At least we're seeing forces come out. Now we just need to turn around and grab it at the same time. So, so we have some questions from the group. Only a couple this time, but that's okay. It's, you know, we're getting near the end of the season and we don't have a playoff hope. So, uh, Nathaniel James, our buddy, will the defense continue to show up for the remainder of the season? I, I, you'd like to think so. I mean, you'd like to think that, the game on Sunday was a bit of a watershed moment. And like I said, you know, some of the guys who were coming in, I mean, Earl Thomas, who hasn't been one of our bad players, he's been pretty good, was fully rested, and DJ Jones took his snaps and did particularly well. But the the two safeties, Marcel Harris and DJ Reed, were were fantastic. I mean, DJ Reed led the team in tackles, and he had uh, three tackles for a loss and a sack. And he was in in place of K1 Williams, who's been pretty good as well. So, um, you know, defensively, I think we'll see a, quite a few moves. I don't think we'll retain people like Malcolm Smith. I can't. I can see his recruiting, but then again, Elijah Lee and and, and Fred Warner did played really well at linebacker, and they've also got speed to play sideline to sideline as well. So, I think we'll be okay. Anything to add to that, Kim? I certainly hope they they'll play like they they did uh, on on Sunday. It also seems like we we really seem to pick it up uh, a notch or two when we play at home. We we are three and three at home. We've we've lost. Uh, we are we are zero and seven uh, away from uh, from Levi's. So with the, with both the the Seahawks and the Bears games coming up at home, I. I I I think they can can feed off this game. Continuing on defense, James Little asks, "We have the fifteenth best offense in the league and the tenth best defense. How come we've only won three games? Is it simply down to discipline?" Discipline and and as Kim rightly said, turnovers. Turnovers just kill you. Uh, Jason. Okay, I added this one in because this is exactly how I was feeling. Jason Argo asks, "I didn't watch last night. Am I a jinx?" <laughs> I responded straight away saying You did obviously, obviously Yeah So Jason can no longer watch the 49ers for the remainder of the season or until we lose. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, but by all means let let him watch our games. We we, we need to get get Nick Bosa. <laughs> Okay, I will probably mispronounce this name, but I have been given a little coaching, so I'm going to try. Uh, Trolls Rosencrantz Hansen asks, only two targets for Goodwin. Are they starting him up slowly? Can we expect more from him in the last three games? I, I can pretty much answer that question factually because I listened to the post-game interview with Kyle Shanahan and exactly the same question was asked and the answer is yes they are reasoning slowly and they will they they start they put him in the slot um for the for the snaps that he was there and he caught a couple of balls but yeah we uh, I would expect to see him get a lot more reps um in the coming weeks 
Well, and it would be good to get the target off of Kittle so that maybe Kittle can free up when, oh, sorry, I'm strategizing here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't see the post-game interview, but isn't it, the, the, the problem is that, uh, that, that Goodwin and, and Pettis uh, plays the same position. So I think they, they would, it would also seem logical that they tried to, to find a way to, to put them on the, 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 the gridiron on the same on the same time uh, as well as Kittle. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. And and Pettis has played pretty well the last three games. I mean, he had a bit of a knee injury, didn't he? And um, I think the last three, he's got he's scored for the third consecutive game. I think he's got four TDs in the last three games, which is good production. Uh, Mark Kant says, looking at, for example, how well the Cooper trade has gone for Dallas and how bust many of our draft picks have been, when the time is right, should we be going for known commodities instead of trusting draft picks? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, I don't know if you've seen the the salary cap uh, quota got announced today, and I think we're going to have about sixty six million in in cap space going into going into next year. So we've got plenty of readies to splash out on players if they become available. Nice. Can't wait to see. I gotta gotta start looking into that and seeing who's going to be a free agent at the end of the year and planning what could happen. Uh, Mark Lyon, was Dante Fowler just added for the season and therefore is an, a free agent after this year? Uh, he was listed back then as a, a one-year rental, so it, it, it would depend on, on the Rams uh, negotiating with him if, if they can, can reach a, a new contract with him. But, but he's only signed for this season. It's the same with Amari Cooper as well, I think. Was that a single year? Okay. Hmm. There are some prospects out there. So this week, we get to stay home. Yay. We're trying to break that uh, candlestick curse at Levi Stadium. But we are welcoming, um, I guess, the Seattle Seahawks in, who currently lead the series all-time 25-15. to The last meeting was a 43-16 loss just a couple weeks ago, as a matter of fact, when we were in Seattle. What, what are your thoughts on this game, guys? It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I think the Seahawks are just starting to find a little bit of a, a groove, um, the defense in particular. But we play like we did for that first half. We we can beat anybody. I, I firmly believe that we were we were we were that good on both sides of the ball. We shut we can shut anybody out and we can score on anybody if we play in the right way. I completely agree. Completely, as I said, we we seem to be playing that much better at home, and it it would as much as I I hope we we get a high high draft pick by by now when when we're out of the, any sort of playoff contention, uh, it would really be sweet to get that ten game losing streak against the Seahawks out of the way. Oh, yes, no kidding. The Seahawks did beat the Vikings last week on Monday Night Football 21-7, to which kind of surprised me because Minnesota had been pretty solid for a while. Yeah, they've just fired their offensive coordinator as well, I haven't they? I saw so, that. And um, I couldn't believe Kirk Cousins' stats. He's 0-7 on, on Monday <laughs> Night Football. <laughs> He's never won a game. So I, I guess it's probably not that unexpected, but... Um, 
but yeah the uh i would love to get one over the seahawks i don't know if if you were part, uh, if you were uh, commenting when we played last time i made it pretty clear that i can't stand pete carroll i just want oh to no not i can't stand that man smirk off his face and uh, yes. slap the gum out of his mouth it'd be great exactly <laughs> <laughs> oh anything else we want to talk about with this game or do we want to go on to our predictions um go on to the predictions for me unless you've got anything to say kim no 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 let's let's predict We'll, we'll mention that the Niners have opened as four-and-a-half-point underdogs. We'll see how that plays out towards the end of the week. And how do you think this game is going to end up, Kim? Well, I, I think we'll, sadly, I, I think we'll lose it. Because, well, the Seahawks just seem to be in, in that kind of, of better groove uh, right now. They, they've really been playing well uh, of, of late. So um, I think 28-24 loss. Simon? Yeah, I am going to side and, and, and take a bit of influence from, from Michael last week, in fact, where he, when he said, oh, I, I backed us to, to win and we, lo- we lost, and then the following week he backed us to lose and we won. So I'm going to say exactly the same as I said last week, which was, can we beat the Seahawks? Yes, we can. Are we likely to? Probably not. And I think that the forecast and the points is probably about right. Well, you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> 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 so I am going to pick the I'm going to pick the Niners to lose. <laughs> I'm not going to say it the other way. And I think I I think too it'll be a close game. Um, but I think it's probably going to be more like 28-27. Ooh, that is close. I, I want I yeah, I want excitement in my life, what can I say? <laughs> okay, so it's time for everyone's favorite game on the show, the two minute drill. I have some questions. I have two minutes on the clock. Are you guys ready? Ready. Absolutely. All right, so let us begin. Simon, with an unexpected win, other than a few who picked us on the pick six, well done Lisa, is that our last win for the season? No, I think we'll win one more. Kim, George Kittle had to, had a standout game on Sunday. Why didn't Coach Shanahan give him the chance to get the five yards to beat the single game's receiving record? Oh, oh. well, I, I think they tried, but uh, the, the right situation didn't uh, occur again. Simon, Shannon Sharp must have thought his record was going. Will Kittle break it? That those kind of figures are oh, normally once in a career um, kind of opportunities, and I was gutted that they didn't get him the five yards. Absolutely devastated. He, he he's got the ability to. Is it likely? If you work on averages, probably not. Kim, with our offense struggling to stay on the field in the second half, did Denver step up or did we take it easy? A bit of both. I, I think I think they they adjusted and 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 we didn't uh, we didn't uh, do a particularly good job of readjusting. Uh, Simon, now that we've moved down to number two pick in the draft, who would you take? Uh, are we number two? Right now. I, no. I we're number oh. one. We we are we are 
it's it's a coin flip as of now. Okay. Oh, is it? The answer is always Nick Bosa. Bosa. <laughs> <laughs> Kim, with 12 days till the big man visits, meaning Santa, what player would you wish for the 49ers stocking? And the note that Neil added was not Jimmy G, I'm yours, cat. <laughs> One Miller. Ah, interesting. He had... Let that be Bradley, Bradley Chubb. And we are long since out of time, so we're going to close it there. Well, that's our show for this week. Do you guys have anything else you want to say? Pick six. Oh, you didn't. That's right. I skipped right over the pick six. We've got the great pick six. Simon. Yes. It's your turn to shine. Okay. Thank you. Um, No (laughs) pick sixes again this week, unfortunately, but Lisa Walker-Lawrence did get the top score with five. One of the main reasons why she did that was that she had faith in her team, unlike you. <laughs> the rest of us who jinxed our yeah. team. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, for what it's worth, I chose San Francisco as well, so I got four, which wasn't bad. Um, however, five people predicted the Niners' score of 20, but the bonus point actually went to the cute Chinese bear, Steve Panda Richardson, who had four picks, taking his weekly score to five. Give that man a stick of bamboo to celebrate. Or does the or does the panda in your name refer to your fiat? <laughs> um, now, now only four points separate the top eight players with three weeks left to play. Jimmy Brewster still leads the way on 54. He's hanging on in there. Mark Nowley has 53. Neil Jepson, 52. And Mark Lyon and Mark Conn, 51. So um, all to play for still. Likely to be significant twists and turns with uh, uh, various teams n- not playing and playoff pr- playoff uh, ramifications and things like that so do get involved keep an eye on the Facebook page for the posts when they come out and get your picks in on time Deepak <laughs> oh my goodness so Jimmy the Brat Brewster is still ahead and yes that moniker is gonna stick buddy and, of course, uh, the Niner Empire GB wants to extend its condolences to the York family and the loss of their son, Anthony, better known as Tony. Um, he was not, I don't know a whole lot about him other than what had come out after his death, um, but it was obvious that Jed was pretty pretty choked up after the win. So anyone who's lost anyone close to them is, knows what they're going through right now. So we send our best to the York family. Absolutely. And that is our show for this week, guys. Wow, that's flown by. Oh, that went by quick. Thanks to Audionautics.com for the music. Thanks to Mark Lyon, Mark Kant, Andrew Mitchell, Neil Jepson, Deepak Gohill, Paul McDonald, James Little, Rob Newell, Simon Holdsworth, Nathaniel James, Ross Irwin, Jason Argo, and Graham Ross for all the work they do on the show, on the group and on the show. Apologies if I missed anyone. Uh, If you would like to get involved in the show, just let us know. You can message any of the Facebook group admins. We'd be happy to have you come join us or contribute content. We're always looking for new stuff. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at NinerEmpireGB and on Facebook, search for the group NinerEmpireGB. Don't forget to check out our blog, which is available on your favorite podcast app. You can also contact us by emailing us at Frequency49Show at gmail.com. It's time to say goodbye, boys. Goodbye. Goodbye, and just before I go, just in case I'm not on the show next week, a very, very Merry Christmas from me to everybody within the Nine Empire Empire GB.
Merry Christmas to you too, Simon. On, be <laughs> on behalf of Simon Holdsworth and Kim Sorensen, I'm Kat Victorino. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Goodbye for now.